0: And welcome to The Witch Source. I am so excited today. I have with me Ginger Ackley, who is an incredible musician, but also an author. So I am so happy to get to interview you. Welcome, Ginger. Thank you very much, Whitney. I'm glad to be here. All right. So let's jump right in. I uh, would love to know which came first. Paganism or
1: music? Music. Music. Okay. I've, I've been doing music since I was in the cradle.
0: Oh, wow.
2: Uh,
1: it, was, it was such a large part of our growing up. My dad continued his dad's legacy. Uh, his father brought a bunch of uh, cylinders over from Austria when he emigrated in 1906. Wow. And uh, then continued collecting folk music and records of, of different different kinds of music, um, and my dad inherited those, and I've got them over eight hundred over eight hundred uh, pieces of vinyl there in in my my collection, um, and I so I grew up on music from all over the world. Uh, my father's family was Slovenian and was, so there's a lot of the the eastern europe uh influence in in some of my music but my mom was a scottish irish and german so i've got the celtic influences from her side so i you never know what's going to come out
0: yeah yeah it sounds like the perfect blending wonderful so where, when did you personally really get involved with music and, and take up playing, um, instruments? Oh, well, I, I was forced to
1: take piano lessons when I was in first grade and that was terrible. Uh, but I had a terribly, terribly strict unforgiving teacher. Um, mm. and it got to the point where, um, I used to hide, before piano lessons so that I wouldn't have to go. Finally, my parents got the idea and I didn't have to go anymore, which is great. Um, but when I was in seventh grade for my birthday, they gifted me with piano lessons. Oh my, again. <laughs> I know, I know, but there was a difference this time. This time it was with the piano teacher that my grandfather had started going to. And she only took people who could play by ear, oh, which, which was me. Right. And that was why yes. I had such a hard time with this first teacher. Um, so she taught me to play with music, to, to enjoy myself with music, to pick up stuff off the radio and learn how to Im- improvise and to work out the courting and, and, Oh, but Mary had a little lamb. Let's do that with a bossa Nova rhythm, you know, so that sort of thing. Let's, you know, let's, let's change things up a bit. Wow. Great chord theory and an absolute adoration for music this woman had. And, and that was, that was a real gift that my parents gave me then. Um, since then i picked up the guitar until I had an, uh, an injury and um, I do the penny whistles. Um, I still do keyboards, but my, my favorite instrument is the auto harp. And that is the perfect instrument. If you can play by ear, it's a perfect instrument for you to play.
0: Wow. All right. So when did you fall in love with magic? (sighs) I knew you were going to ask that
1: question. (laughs) Okay raised Roman Catholic, as many of us were. Um, At one point, my second daughter was expecting a baby. And we found out early on that there was something wrong with the baby, that it only had half a heart.
0: Oh my goodness.
1: One thing and another and another and another, and you you could feel spirit working during the whole thing Um, there's been a a presence of the lady in Medjugorje in Bosnia since 1981 and there have been a lot of healings a lot of miracles a lot of wonderful wonderful things there my daughter and I found ourselves on a tour going through Italy and over to Medjugorje um, and I was there as 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 her supporter i was the, that that was the only focus for me but just before we were supposed to leave uh there was an apparition up on the hill and everybody was invited it was close to sunset and uh, my back was to the west and a whole bunch of people were there praying and this is this is a really special little area they They want to tell you that it's natural, it's a natural formation, but you can't convince me of that because there are little, little, little dolmen, little stone dolmens, like you see at Stonehenge, Mm -hmm. Stonehenge, that are exactly the right, perfect height and width to sit on. And they're in concentric circles on this little, little outcropping of, of a hill. And uh, so I was sitting with my back to the West and somebody said, oh my God, look at the sun. And I turned around and I saw what was described uh, in 1917 in Fatima, Portugal as the miracle of the sun. I watched it dance all over the sky. I saw colors coming off of it, beautiful blue-ish disc in front of the sun's brightness. And in my head, I heard three times a woman's voice say, all gods are one, follow your path. And that's how I became pagan.
0: Wow.
1: That was in 1997. And this is, this is my path. I am, I am eclectic. uh, I am a solitary, uh, but I have learned from so many traditions and I have friends in so many traditions and, and they've shared their wisdom. And I, I, especially as music's concerned, I keep getting these downloads from, from the muse. So
0: that's what I do. Wow. Okay. So 1987, you 1997. Oh, 1997. Yes. 1997. Yeah. So she started talking to you then and, yes. and then what happened? I'm, so, uh, well, I'm sorry. We're, can we pause for just a moment? Somebody is, uh, sure. Okay. So tell me, tell me more, uh, about where you were at in, in 1997. It's Megigoria,
1: and, um, it's, it's actually six villages that that are around a a central church st james okay and like i said the the lady has been appearing there and speaking to these six individuals since 1981 uh their messages of peace and and healing um and some very very deep wisdom um the I guess the pilgrimages started pretty early on. And the people of the villages, when I was there, you could not find a hotel. There were no hotels. The people in the villages expanded their homes so that they could take in pilgrims. Oh, wow. They don't, they, they don't ask for money. Uh, They, they feed you, they house you, they take care of you. Um, so that you're just there for spirit. Right. People from all religions go there now. Um, but it's when you, when you cross the boundary into Medjugorje, the first thing you notice is peace. It, it is, peace is tangible. Peace is, mm-hmm. is a real touchable, breathable, tasteable thing there. And it's, it, really was one, one of the most spiritual places I've I've ever experienced it was it was amazing absolutely amazing and uh, like I said I had I was not looking for anything for myself I was I was strictly there for my daughter um the epilogue is that uh, the baby was born with half a heart went through surgery at nine days old and and is now what twenty six? I think my math is not real good right this <laughs> right this minute. But oh, but 10, she 10, was born in She was born in August of nineteen ninety seven, and um, she's had several surgeries. Uh, she's really the poster child for for hypoplastic left heart syndrome, um, and uh, she is now on the heart transplant list because she caught COVID. Oh, and had a very mild case of it, but it kind of wrecked all the surgery, so
0: Oh no. She's hanging in
1: there. She's hanging in there, so
0: wow. Well that's that's incredible. So what is your description of of the lady? I mean, being brought up Roman Catholic, one would assume that it would be something like Mother Mary, but what was it for you? Um
1: I have to say, I, when I heard her voice, I recognized it. Mm -hmm. I knew exactly who it was. And mother Mary blessed Virgin, whatever you want to call her is, is one of the ways that she is with us. Um, But as I learned over time, it is certainly not the only way that she is with us. Um, Over the years, she has come to me in, in many different forms. Um, I, I think I, I, when I, when I got home and I started studying, I think Bridget was the first goddess name that really connected with me. Mm. Um, but the, the Morrigan. Kind of showed up shortly after that too. Um, I have the muse grew over time. The more I played, the more I heard. The more she would come and and whisper or sing to me. Uh, oftentimes she'll she'll get into my dream time, and I'll I'll have to jump up out of bed and try to go catch the song right quick. Um I spent two years uh, dancing with the child goddess um, when the two years before the the album We Folk Stomp" came out, which was which is a an, an album of quality music for our pagan kids. Um, she she just shows up in whatever, guys she decides is cool that day (laughs) and but there's always a presence about her so i always know um i always know that it that it's the lady and um, she she can come at any time and in any form i i have seen her as the crone i've seen her as the maiden, i've seen her as the mother um and i love them all
0: does she tend to show up in whatever form you are needing at the time?
1: I would say sometimes. Sometimes she has like the child goddess. I I hadn't thought about that. I really hadn't. Um, and and but there was this this afternoon. Um, and it I kind of went into sort of a meditative reverie and I could see her with my minds. I I could almost see her with my with my human eyes. and she was about three foot tall, long dark hair, emerald green eyes, and she had boots on like combat boots. Oh, wow on. and. I learned that those are those are really hard boots, <laughs> because when she wanted my attention, she would kick me in the shins, and then I would limp for a while. Oh, wow! Um, <laughs> but but she came because she wanted music for her children, and she she was very insistent. So I started taking notes, <laughs> and and um, the. It was it was so neat because it was just as I was starting to accept being a crone. And one of the great lessons of this child goddess was that when you reach cronehood, you are you are all three. You you embody. You, I I can be I can become the maiden. I I can always mother, and I I can you know be the crone. Um, that exists in all of us, but, but it's when you reach the wisdom stage that you're able to recognize it in yourself. You can see it in others beforehand, but, but you recognize it in yourself when, when you reach that age of wisdom. Right.
2: Wow.
0: That's, that's beautiful. Yeah. Thank you. So you did a, a children's album. From this yes. time together, yes. What's the name of that album? The Wee Folk Stomp.
1: Wee Folk Stomp. It's it's. Uh, oh, there were so many, so many things that happened around that album. Um, there was a a point out at a place called Three Gates. It was a, a sort of a mystery school sort of festival. Um, and I had written a song, oh, some years back uh, out of an incident that happened at a little Renaissance fair. Uh, some uh, teen and 20-something guys came out and they wanted to interact with the, with the people at the fair and try to keep up with the, the story. So they, they came dressed as goblins. Oh wow! And there was this, this whole troop of goblins, and they, they were absolutely wonderful as goblins. Well, it was a King Arthur sort of storyline going on at the fair. So, um, <laughs> uh, Morgan Le Fay was was acting the nasty witch for this one, and so she captured them. And goblins, as you might know, prefer to work at night. They—they they don't. They do not like the sunlight but she she informed them in no uncertain terms that since they were now hers, they had to be day workers. And oh, they, there was much, much distress. Fortunately, Merlin stepped in and caught the witch in a web and saved the goblin lads. And so I write wrote a song called The Goblin Lads. And so fast forward some years and I'm at this, this festival and there are 15, 20 little kids at this festival. The parents are all either at the vendor station or they're in the workshops and, and the kids were sort of left to run. And I'm sitting at my booth sort of playing the harp and harp music, any music will attract kids. Right. And so I, at first I was like, all oh, these kids... And then they kept play a song, play a song. So I started playing the wee folk, well, the Goblin Lads, and they start stomp, stomp, stomping at the right places in the in the uh, song. This was actually the the very first uh, award ceremony um, award ceremony for the IPMA, and. So I got, I got all excited, re- worked it out with the kids, made them all get permission from their parents, and then I went up to do the person that was running the stage and I said, I'm going to play the musician's card. I know I have only X number of songs, but I, I want an extra song. Well, I don't know if we can do that. So I've got to have this extra song because it involves all the kids. And they go, Oh, Oh, okay. Okay. So okay. time came for, for, from my part of the show. And so I said, called up all the kids, got them up on stage and they had just built this stage. And so we're, we're, we're doing this song and, and they're, they're all stomp, stomp, stomping. And, and the stage is going like this and bouncing up and down. And it was just, and the parents were all there with paparazzi, you know, and, and it was just, It was absolutely wonderful. Um, So that's where, because they were the wee folk and this was their stomp. So that's where where the the album title came from. And then the Child Goddess just gave me all of these wonderful, wonderful songs. I mean, some of them evolved out at festivals like Hocus Pocus, Mm -hmm. where the kids would be at loose ends and I'd instigate a kid's parade. And we would march around to all the vendors and, and the campers, and oftentimes we would crash the workshops, the very serious workshops, <laughs> and say, "Give us the name! Tell us the name of a magical tool!" And uh, they go, "Oh, oh, 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 magic wand." And I turned to the kids and nod and put your magic wand in, you take your magic wand out and do, and instead of the hokey pokey, we did the hocus pocus. Oh, I love that. And, and so, yeah, the kids, kids started getting a grounding in the different magical tools and just having a blast. And, uh, it was fun to watch the, the very serious grownups in the workshops turn into three-year-olds for a short time anyway. (laughs) Yes. Uh, so it just and, and just the songs on that album were all very special. One I remembered from when I was young, um, back when Harry Belafonte and and all of the the, the folks singing and stuff from from like the '60s, '50s, and '60s, and uh, he had a protege, Miriam Makeba from South Africa, and she sang a lullaby in Indonesian. That is just so beautiful, Suli Rum, and I, I had remembered it phonetically, all all the time. I even sang it to my own kids.
2: Oh wow! Um,
1: but I, and strangely enough, I remembered it correctly when I found the actual lyrics. <laughs> all right, wonderful. And then the 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 lyrics. I started out a lyric sheet that turned into a children's coloring and activity book.
0: Oh wow and art deco
1: art deco style. Cool. You never know what's gonna happen.
0: Right. <laughs> so is that um is that the children's book that you have authored or is there another one?
1: No, nope. The children's book is called Rowan My Boat, R O W A N, Rowan Tree. Mm-hmm. Um I was sound asleep, and I had this beautiful dream, and in this dream, I was singing along with a round, um, and, and it, it, it was very catchy, and, and it got so loud in my dream that it woke me up. And that's the signal for me to run downstairs and start typing and, and that sort of thing. So I came downstairs I was trying to capture it, trying to catch the, the cords and everything, and half asleep. And I'm going, Wait, row I I was trying to type rowing my boat. Right. But my fingers kept going R O W A N. And I'm going, I don't understand what's going on here. I asked, and she answered. She, I mean, I could, I could almost hear her in real time saying, I'm glad you asked. And then she started dictating. And so I'm typing as I, fast as I can. I learned to type in the Navy, so I'm really fast. And it turned into a book, a children's book, about a little boy who was born with shockingly white hair, hair the color of moonlight, And his eyes well his eyes were somewhere between the color of the sky and the color of the sea and you couldn't really tell what color they were um so of course the kids made fun of him kind of bullied him but he did he didn't mind because he had made friends with with all of the the animals of the forest so when he saw a baby deer that that looked to be lost from its mother he knew where to shepherd it back so they get to the forest and there's the mother deer. And so the baby jumps in and touches noses with the, the mother deer and then runs off into the woods. And the mother deer, or thought that was the mother deer, turns into a beautiful lady who looks kind of like his mother, but not, not exactly. Turned out to be his mother's sister, oh. his aunt Stella. And she had brought him the very ancient and beautiful Rowan wand and told him that she was initiating him into the family business, and that he was to take the wand and throw it in the lake the next night, the rise of the new moon. And his, she, he ran home and told his mom, and she goes, yep, yeah, that's my sister, all right. So all of them go to the lake the next that night. He throws in the wand. It turns into a boat, a magical boat, with a golden jar on the end. His mother gives him a a net that she's been making for him since he was born. Mm. And he goes up into the sky and realizes that his business is gathering the stardust. The stardust is very important because that's what the fairies use to sprinkle on children's dreams so that their dreams are sweet and they can remember the beauty and joy of being an innocent child even after they grow up. So that. Uh, it's Mooney McGee and row in my boat.
0: Oh I love that. Thank you. That's wonderful. Okay, I'm gonna have to um invest in some items. I have a <laughs> three year old daughter. So uh yeah I'll have to be checking all this out. Uh you've oh, uh another book that's uh, about to be published. Can you share a little yes. bit about
1: that? Yes. Um, this one came out of one of the first songs that was written for my weekly show Enchantica. And it's the, the title of the song is Stardust, which is also the title of the book. Okay. Now, in Stardust, um, we start out with the time before time and the dark before mm. dark. And the great goddess sits and she holds out her hand. And in that hand is one tiny moat of stardust. Stardust contains all of the elements, everything that we are made of. Mm -hmm. We are stardust, right? So she's holding this one tiny moat of stardust. Now, in the song, she whispers air. She whispers fire, she whispers water, and finally she whispers earth, and life begins. Okay? In the book, and again, this is one that hit me in the middle of the night, and I had to get up and start typing. In the book, when she holds out her hand, she is the child goddess, she is the maiden. And as she pronounces these new words each time she matures more and she becomes the maiden, she becomes the mother. And finally, and it's really hard for her to say earth because she knows how messy life can be and how sad things can be. But she also knows about love and about the beauty and about the wonderfulness that people can meet each other. So finally, she says, "Earth," and becomes the crone. Wow! And <clears throat> I have a grandchild who has done the illustrations, and they're just—they um, take your breath away. That's wonderful. So. <coughs> wow! Um, yeah, you, my poor husband was not <laughs> was not prepared. For, for a musician and a creative trust me
0: <laughs> so how how have the two of you navigated um, you traveling this this pagan path um, from I assume you got married and you were a, a devoted Catholic or uh, he, he, okay this this is my
1: second husband okay. <clears throat> my, my kid's dad, we, we were married 28 years, I think. Um, and, and much as I loved him when, when I married him, he developed, uh, bipolar Mm. and, um, um, borderline personality disorder developed into that. And so he was not the man that I married. Right. Um, I was, I was alone for about a decade and then I met Donovan and we got married in 2009. In fact, we celebrated our 14th anniversary yesterday.
0: Oh, congratulations.
1: Um, Thank you. Um, That's wonderful. And he, he's. he's not um or hasn't been a very spiritual person but um he does travel with me to uh festivals and pagan events when he can um and um the ravens started talking to him and so he's got he's he's starting down a spiritual path of his own so it's yeah. He just, he, he knows, he knows when I get a look on my face that the muse is there. And then, so he just, he's wonderful. He takes care of me. He makes, he makes me my coffee in the morning, my coffee bucket here. Yes. Hmm. Um, and, and, you know, he supports the musician every way he can.
0: Wonderful. That's great. So I, I just, I have so many questions. Um, <laughs> Well, first, um, any idea when your second book might be published? I know it's in the works. Um, I'm, I'm I'm working I'm working with with
1: some people and getting it getting it published. Um, hopefully, hopefully within the next six months, I think. So. Oh, wonderful! Okay, great. I'll keep
0: you I'll keep you notified. <laughs> yeah, because I would love to uh, get that one for my daughter as well. Awesome, so. How do you feel about the W word? Do you consider yourself a witch or just pagan?
1: Um, it, it depends on what's going on at the moment. Mm. Uh, yes, I, I have described myself as a witch. Um, and there are witchy things that I do and, and have done since I was very little. But I try, I try to be careful how I use the word because it can be very inflammatory. It can push people away. Mm, Yes. Um, In Chantika, the the thing I do on, on Wednesday evenings, that's something that's taught me a lot about being open. I could say, hey, yeah, this is a witchy thing and blah, blah, blah. But then my, my Lutheran friend in, in Germany would be uncomfortable. And my Southern Baptist friends in, in Alabama would be uncomfortable. And the Episcopals would be uncomfortable. But we all go in there. And, and Enchantica is connecting to spirit through, through music, through the elements through the elementals Um, and it offers connection with the feminine divine uh, sometimes with the masculine divine but but there's more goddess stuff in there than than not um so i it i'm i'm careful how i use the the w word as you put it um I am I am pagan. I am muse touched. Um, I'm eclectic, um, and that actually helps me connect with more people. And I think one of the one of the results of Enchantica is that there are, are people that are walking a Christian path that are more friendly and open to pagans now. Right. Right. But yeah, yeah, I, I have my I have I have my witchy times. Um, one of one of the things that came out of walking with the child goddess for those two years was a persona called Posy the Flower Pixie.
0: Oh, I love it. And
1: and It's, it's, there's some, I'm channeling something when, when, when that happens Uh, but there's also another persona called Tabitha Um, and and just uh, Tabitha the hag was, was what she started out as, but people have actually called her Tabitha the wonder hag. (laughs) She became the the official hag of the Cleveland witches walk while it was going on. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, yeah, that when I, when I get up in, in the Tabitha outfit even if you know me, you don't recognize me (laughs) and she's outrageous, absolutely outrageous, but yeah, she's definitely a witch.
0: (laughs) No doubt about it. huh? (laughs) No doubt about it. No, not a bit. Yeah. (laughs) So tell us more about Enchantica. You keep mentioning it and I know people would love to know more about that.
1: (sighs) Enchantica started, the pretty much the day that the lockdown happened, it was a Wednesday in early March, 2020. I was supposed to go into a metaphysical shop here in, in the Cleveland area called the New Moon to do a music workshop for for the community. Um, well, the lockdown happened, I couldn't go. So right. I called, the, called the, the woman that ran the shop and I said, Dawn, what do you want me to do? And she goes, oh, just take it online. I went, okay. All right. I had an hour and a half before it was supposed to start, and I had no idea how to go online <laughs> with with a show or anything. I was just right. no idea. Um, but I figured it out, and I have been doing it every Wednesday at 7 o'clock from my Facebook page oh, really? ever since. I have, I have done it through having a broken arm, uh, through coughs and colds and laryngitis and all kinds of stuff but we've we've kept our our uh, our appointment every wednesday i've done it in remote locations people have asked me to come over to their house and do it from there i've done it from festivals it's it's an amazing thing and Mm -hmm. the more i just initially i just wanted to i wanted to do something because everybody was so frightened at the beginning of the pandemic and i wanted to do something that, that would pull people together and give them a, a, a safe place to gather, to do something, to sing together. because right. uh, singing has always been a real quick connection to Spirit for me. So I just I started pulling up every, every pagan chant I could find on the internet, everything that I had, my song song bag and, and um, just started doing ones that were familiar with to everybody. And <laughs> we had 1,800 views <laughs> in two days. <laughs> oh, wow. And, and it, it stayed like that for two or three months until, until things started opening up, up a little. Um, but but still, people from all over the world uh, come in. Uh, I had some, some people volunteer to do lyrics. There's One, one of the people is hearing... Christina is hearing impaired, and she found it much easier to to sing along if she had the lyrics. Oh yeah! So she she volunteered. She volunteered to start doing lyrics. Then another another friend, Annie, uh, popped in, and and so she's kind of the backup poster, Uh, and then my husband will back them up. So okay, cool. But it's um, we do we do about an hour every week. Um, and then um, I, I edit it and add the captions and then uh, send it up to Fringe TV online. And they re- rebroadcasted every Sunday at two o'clock in the afternoon. Um, and Chantica is just, it, it is, it's been such a cool phenomenon. Um, I, the, the name came out of a, an experience I had at Pagan Spirit Gathering,
2: uh,
1: where they had something called Chant Camp. And so when the pandemic hit, Enchantica happened.
0: (laughs) So that's wonderful. So, so you have, um, a website and it is gingerackley.com. Yes. Um, And from there, people can find your Facebook page to join on Wednesday nights. Yes. Um, they can also find me on, on Facebook, Virginia Ackley
1: or Ginger Ginger Ackley. Just search for it, and you should find me. Um, I've got the event each week uh, set to public. Anybody can participate. Okay, great. So, uh, um, and if you want to go back and look at previous Enchantica videos, you can you can go to my webpage, and they they have them saved um, under under videos, and. Um, you can replay them or, or whatever you like. (laughs)
0: Yeah, that's great. Okay. Wonderful. So when did you go from, um, your, so how did you progress from, you met the lady, um, in 1997. And Mm -hmm. what was your kind of progression into, um, paganism and then adding the music in and blending the two and, um, taking the adventure of making albums. Well,
1: so after this experience, when I, when I tried to go back to church, I couldn't, so I was kind of left adrift, Um, and that, that was a mourning process. It, it really was it, it felt like i was losing that one one part of spirituality
0: right that tiny
1: slice that i had grown up with right um a young friend of ours picked me up one day to go pay a phone bill and he he called me mama we had about 40 extra kids that called called me mama because they they were latchkey kids, and we took care of them. Right. And he said, uh, Mama, I don't talk about this part of my life with with anybody, but I'm being told very strongly right now that I'm supposed to tell you the story of the Lord and the lady. Oh. Well, I had never met someone that I knew was pagan. Right. I'm like, what? <laughs> What? Wow! And-, and that opened up. I mean, that opened up this huge slice of spirituality, not religion, right? Spirituality. It's very different. Yes. And I started studying uh, secretly at first. Uh, the internet was there in 1997, and I I found. I found a group of people that had sort of a an online coven um introduced me to the you know the basics of rituals and and that sort of thing. and I just kept I kept studying and studying because you know when when you first set on the path, this thirst for wanting to know everything you can know is is just a burning flame. Yeah. and the more I studied, the more it seemed other people were sent into my path. And so there were like the, the this Wiccan group that, that started asking me to come to their circles. And then there was another sort of, I'm never quite sure what they actually were, but they, they were a Pagan group too. And then some of my young friends that I had no clue that they, they were Pagan started coming over can we have a circle in your backyard you know can we do a moon circle in your backyard and and so it just i started getting woven into this this pagan community but every time there was a coven or something that started courting me or 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 i was thinking wow maybe i should be part of that group something that would happen that would push me away from that. I was not supposed to be part of a coven. Right. It was, it was limiting. And as, as a bard, as a, as a musician, as a, a spirit song person, I can go between all these different groups and, and
0: it works. Right. Right. Yeah, it's almost like uh, what my understanding of what you're saying. It's like the lady said, "You don't belong to the people of the world. You belong to me to share my songs to the yeah. world." Yeah, and
1: the I, I've i have been writing music for for many years, but when when my feet were set on the pagan path, the more the more I sang, the more the muse and the lady would send new stuff to me. Right. And um, just I've gotten to the point where I don't I don't question any of it anymore. I just yes, ma'am.
0: <laughs>
1: right. Right. Yes, ma'am. Yes. Yeah. During during the pandemic, uh, the, the early months of the pandemic, when when the death toll was so high, mm. um, I had to go to a doctor's appointment. I had to drive by a hospital as I drove by the hospital. Um, being an empath, I got hit with just a tidal wave of sad and frightened and lonely and, mm. you know, everything bad yeah and it was it was more than i could more than i can deal with at the time i mean i was like trying to drive right and i said what am i supposed to do with all of this right and it felt like it felt like the top of my head opened and this chant was poured into my head and by the time i got to my doctor's appointment it was it was ready to be sung
2: wow it's
1: called make it sacred and it was a um, it's actually a little mini ritual. Okay. And what, what it what it says is Sacred Mother, I feel a sadness. And you can you can substitute anger, loneliness, confusion, anything you want for for sadness. Then she taught me, take this sadness. It's pure, it's not pleasant, it's not nice, anger's ugly. Yeah, loneliness is scary, uh, but but these are all pure honest emotional reactions to something. You don't think about I'm going to be angry. Right. You don't think about I'm going to be sad. It you just are. Right. And it's pure. It may not be pretty, but honor it anyway. Right. Hold it to your heart and and understand that somebody is hurt. Understand that you have a you have a desire that you want to make it better, or or you want to feel better, or you want to you know you honor it right. And once you honor it, then you give it back to the mother. You lay it on the earth mm. and let it go, into the and you ground it. Yeah. So it's it's a really beautiful little grounding ritual for any of these negative emotions. Wow. And. Um, that's, that's one that we often use for, for the healing song during Enchantica. And, uh, every week people say, can you send that to me, please? <laughs> and I do, because it belongs, it belongs to
0: the world. That's wonderful. So. That's so beautiful. Um, and that's, it's something that I say, and I have said for a long time that, you know, our emotions are there to be felt. Um, and we can't stuff them, we can't deny them. We just feel them and then release them like you're saying. And so that's that's beautiful. I love I love that and I love that it's like a little mini ritual as a way to um, release it and give it to the earth because the earth can handle it um, and, and it right. transmute it um, as as the goddess does. So I, I love that that's that's really beautiful. Um, Thank you. Yeah, and and I think actually a lot of empaths could could use that. Um, I think a lot of empaths struggle with emotions, and that's why I say it's so important to know what your energy is and what your emotions are, so that you can recognize outside stuff when it comes in. Right, and sometimes
1: sometimes people can't handle the amount of emotion they're feeling and a long time ago i kind of made an agreement with the lady that if if there's too much emotion that that person has over there send it to me and i i will ground it okay you know i but that but this was just a tidal wave this was right. i mean frightened lonely scared people like over uh, sick people and so she used that that moment as an opportunity to to
0: give me something that I think can help a lot of people. Yeah, I that's that's wonderful. I think that's so great. Um, and and I think that will be so helpful because I, I do. I encounter people that struggle with this. So, um, you know, if it's OK with you, I'd love to share it and say. Give Absolutely. It. All right. Great. Absolutely. Yeah. I would love to find that one and share it. That's great. All right. So, um, so you started to progress and the more you progressed Mm -hmm. on the pagan path, the more she interacted and, um, with you. Um, and I like that how you're saying that you don't, um, like subscribe to any one tradition or, or anything like that. And it helps you to be able to to move and do her work. Yes. Um, that's and kind of the same path. When, when I have, so.
1: when there was a need, when there was a need for me to, to do something, she always seems to provide whatever it is I need or, or whatever is needed. She, she does provide. Um, I've not, I've not gone through any initiates path, but there is a, a closeness that that I feel where I, I I don't necessarily need that although I am going to start studying probably one of the northern paths hmm. fairly soon okay. um but it's one that involves music and it's okay. it's kind of being a, a priestess of music I guess <laughs> that but it's awesome. it's it, it seems to be right for me so
0: <laughs> yeah because yeah. like i was saying like it's kind of the same same thing for me like i um feel her and hear her so closely and i am also not an initiate of any path or tradition and i just i go where she leads me you know you know yeah. i do the work she tells me to do like with the store you know i said for the longest time i didn't want a store and she was like too bad you're getting one." <laughs> <laughs> yes yes i i know i know that attitude well <laughs> and so and then once i got here i realized it's less about the store and it's more about community and having a space yep. for communities so, yeah mm-hmm. um, but i couldn't see that at the time when i was so resistant and she was like yeah too bad you're you're doing it yeah so yep yep uh, yeah i could I, t- I totally understand i completely uh i get that and i and i have I love so much what you're saying um, and it just resonates so much with me. Um, She's wonderful to work with. So how do you know when you're like messing up or not doing exactly what she wants you? How does she like correct you?
1: She's very insistent. And, and there's, there's, there's almost a, okay, one more time. Let's (laughs) do it again. Nope. Do it again. Right, right. Yep, do it again. Um she, she often will work through my dreams. Mm. Um and there are times like, during the day if 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 I'm goofing off, if I'm not doing what I'm supposed to be doing,
0: she'll just make things not work. Right. <laughs> it's like there's a bunch of resistance.
1: Yep, yeah. and and so when I when I start feeling that little frustration jiggle, I'm going, oh wait, I know that, I know that feeling. Yes, ma'am. What do what what do you need me to do?
0: Yeah,
1: I, I get the same, and I, and I don't mind. It doesn't bother me. It's just it's like, okay, yeah, enough enough dawdling. Let's get on with what you're supposed to do.
0: Right, right. So, yeah. I love that. It's like, if you get, like, you're saying that frustration or that things aren't working or you get kind of like a block and it's like, no, that's yep. not the direction. Let's uh, re reassess and redirect.
1: Yep. Yep. Wonderful. And she oh. also tells me when, to, when, when to stop working Right. a lot of times if I'm overdoing it. Oh yeah. Uh, she will, she will pop in and, and then I then I don't get up on time in the morning. You know?
0: Like you need the your body needs the rest or you need what yeah. 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 So, so she you know she's she doesn't use you up. Right. Yeah. I, when you're I, cooperating with her. A lot too of okay, you need to be doing this or you need to be doing that or you need to refuel mm-hmm. or you need to slow down. Um gosh, yeah, that's a that's a funny one. I kept seeing turtles on the road. Um, and I finally said, okay, okay, I get it. You want me to slow down, stop putting turtles on the road. That's so dangerous. I don't like it. Like I get the message. Right. And she was like, okay, okay. So she stopped putting the turtles in the road. And like a week or two later, I got a speeding ticket. (laughs) She's like, I sent you three messages, three times. Turtles in the road to slow down. And yeah. Yeah. to listen but i was just like yeah. broken like humans humans can be a little dense yes. humans can be a little dense at times
1: <laughs> yes we can i just as, as i've gotten older as i've gotten older i've tried to to improve my listening skills my spiritual listening skills um one one thing i like to do is uh i've got a a, a set of uh animal runes oh, okay. uh that's based on animal speak and nature speak yeah and and I I try to make time almost every day to sit down and I'll I'll just envision myself in my little wooded glade with with animals coming and sitting around me and then I pull out my little animal rune and and it gives me a good a good starting place from the day and it's it, usually the messages are like really point on um, I've used them in my Crone circles too and everybody's just amazed at how to the point and, and to the moment right. the, the runes are.
0: Right. Spot on and accurate. And yeah, mm-hmm. I, I, um, I love my, I use a, a deck of cards and I love that. And I love that you make the time to do that and make that a priority. Cause it is, it is a priority. Um, and I think sometimes we can forget. Um, and that's like when I got that speeding ticket and I was like, why? And she was like, I told you turtles. And I was like, Oh no, the turtles. You're right. Uh, that was. Yeah. 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 All right. So you just followed the path and everything progressed and then you won an award.
1: Yes. Um, I've, I've worked with the IPMA just about since it started and, uh, in 2020, I was voted uh, best female artist, which was just—it it was just so neat to be to be recognized like that. Yeah. Um, and it's it—it means that people are getting my music. They 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 under they're asking for it. They understand it, right? And they they so you know I just I keep writing, keep singing, um. And my, my songs have, have been um, on the pagan charts off and on for all of this time. I'm just, it's really, really, really neat. This past, uh, I think this past week, uh, the Cauldron posted their, their top 10. And I had number one and number 10. So that just blows me away. Yeah. Um, I PR, I'm, I'm on and off the charts there quite a bit. So it's out there. It's getting out there.
0: Yeah, that's, that's great. That's awesome. Um, Okay. So we talked about how people can find you on Wednesday on your Facebook for Enchantica. They can join you live or they can watch um, the replay on Fringe TV on Sundays at two. Um, Correct. Okay. So the next thing that you were involved with, um, was a, an, a thing called the Red Album. Indeed. Can you share with us a little bit about the real Red Album and the uh, song that you wrote for it? The Red Album
1: is um, 19 pagan voices, and they have all been lifted up uh, with original music in support of reproductive freedom. Um and it started with uh, Roe v. Wade getting knocked down, and and it began as a um, in a songwriters workshop at PSG, um, I guess last year. Um, and somehow, nineteen of us have come together and produced this incredibly rich album. Um, the the emotions of the album run the gamut as, as you could expect with a subject like this, right? Um, there, there are young new artists on it. Uh, people that, that haven't really gotten out there yet. Um, they've done some magnificent work and the younger ones are, are very raw, very angry, Mm -hmm. very militant. Um, and then, and it runs that whole thing to, to we're militant, we're, 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 we're angry to we're going to do something Mm -hmm. to once we do something, we're going to heal this. Right. And, and so you, you get, you get a lot of the energies that, that flow through this and those of us in the album that uh, are older, reminded the younger ones, it's not just about abortion.
2: Right, right. Abortion,
1: abortion is actually the smallest part of it. It's about our, our privacy. Uh, reproductive health deals with so many facets of our society. Um, we, we we have to stand up. We We can't let it fade into the shadows. So we sing and we, we're gonna keep singing. Now, my song is called Reclaim. Um, it is about dealing with the trauma that has happened to you, generic you, right, in the past. Um, when, when you're injured as a child, when you're injured as a teen, when you're injured as a young adult or grown up, whatever. Every time, uh, you tend to leave a bit of yourself in that past and the point of reclaim is to say gently go back and you 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 will not tell me that i'm not who i am and you won't tell me that i'm not true and you will not take anything that i don't freely give you right so it's very gently i'm going to take my power back from you thank you very much i release you I release the trauma. Now we can both go forward,
2: right?
1: Because um, it seems like when when I when I was getting actually being sent the words for the song, it's another one that she just sort of downloaded into my head. Mm-hmm. If a, if a person hurt me in the past, I'm I was tied to that trauma but that person was also tied to that trauma. So they, they may not understand why they can't heal. So in going back and saying, okay, I'm untangling this mess. We're free now. Right. I'm I'm just going to take my power back. We're free. It releases them.
0: They can heal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, That's so important. It's one of the things that I talk about as well, that you, you want to go back and, and look at whatever the trauma is and just try to reframe it and and get a, a perspective on it where you, um, can get your power back and reclaim that part of yourself that, you know, might've been taken from you. Um, and, and, make that part of you that you're reclaiming sacred and holy again, and then put it back in. Um, and that's one of the things that I, I, I teach um, with people that I work with. Um, you can't skip that part.
1: You know, you know, you know what, One of my favorite movies is practical magic. Yeah. Uh, but there's this one line there can love, and I, I can't remember the exact, but it's it, it the gist of it, can love go back into the past and heal a curse? Yes. And that's kind of like what Reclaim is all about. Um, right. I've, I've learned, one of the things I've learned on the pagan path is that time is not linear. Right. And so I can go back in the past and try to send healing. Right. I can't undo the past, but I can definitely send healing. Right, and I can send
0: healing forward too. Yes, yes. I think it's so, important too to, to um, you know, love and send love uh, to the person that you were then. You know. Uh, yeah. You know, and realize that that person you were in the past. Um, with what you had, where you were, the knowledge you had at the time, you know, the, the understanding of the world that you had at the time, which may be very different now. Um, mm-hmm. you, you have to hug and love up that version of yourself. Um, oh yeah. So that you can release uh, not only the trauma and what was involved with the other person, but whatever part you played that led to you mm-hmm. being in that moment in time so that you yep. can love yourself exactly. and and let go of any shame or guilt um, associated with that to fully reclaim, you know, forgive the mm-hmm. other person, forgive yourself um, and love yourself through that, that process. So I, I absolutely love that. Um, that that. It, There's no uh, question in my mind as to why reclaim is number one on cauldron radio right now. (laughs) Uh, That, that is, thank you. So, so important. Um, You know, it is the path forward uh, is sometimes going back and healing is the path forward. So Um, I love it. Thank you for sharing that. So tell us um, a little bit more about, What's coming up with you? What's your, your schedule? Well, uh,
1: right now, um, the end of this month, I will be in Indianapolis for the Indianapolis Highland games. I'm going to be singing and telling stories for, for kids of all ages. Um, then the, the 15th, 14th and 15th of October, I'm going to be at the Trumbull County Fairgrounds in, in Cortland, Ohio. There's something called the all all Hallows fantasy fair oh, fantasy festival. And um, it's put on by the same people that do the Ohio Viking festival. And they, they know what they're doing when they, when they're putting on a festival, they do really, really, really well. So I will be there. Um, I'm kind of hoping that maybe a new pixie will come out, a fall pixie will come out for that one. Um so I did, I'll just have to see what the what what tutu comes out from the basement. So, <laughs> um <clears throat> so I'm gonna be doing that the fourteenth and fifteenth and the fourth of November I think I'm going to I'm not gonna play for it, but I'm gonna be at the, the Columbus Witches Ball in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, I think that's going to be it mostly for the, the winter season. Um, and we'll just, we'll see what else happens.
0: All right. Great. Well, uh, Ginger, is there anything else that you would like to share or tell us about? Well, you had asked me for a song. Yes.
1: We've talked about several songs. Um, now, if you'd like I could play one of those songs for you or I could do, do one one that uh
0: is called the Green Woman. I, so what would you like I would love to hear the Green Woman. Um what can you tell us a little bit about that song? Okay, Green Woman actually started with the Green Man.
1: And come come the Green Man is uh um it was just a, a really magical song that happened and uh first time I played it in the three of us that were sitting there looked up and we saw the green man in the trees and the big oak trees that were in the park. Um, later, the question was raised in Enchantico as to whether there was also a green woman and did she have a song? And of course, it happened. And the first time I played this song for Enchantica, um there was a rare and great thunderstorm. That, that was happening while I was singing it. It was over by the time Enchantica ended and I got up from here and I walked over to my window um, where I was treated to a double rainbow and three deer walking in my cul-de-sac here in Cleveland. Oh, wow. And you'll understand the deer when when I sing the song. Okay. Okay? Yeah. All right. Let me grab my harp here. This is this is this is my auto harp. It's got 37 strings and you press buttons and you get a, a magical, beautiful, clean chord. <laughs> so <clears throat> that coming through all right?
2: stepping in the forest glen trees bowing low as she dances it in green woman, wild woman, strong woman, tree woman earth woman, dear woman, real woman, true woman Ellen of the way Green woman walks where the deer have been. Lighten up the path to call you in. Green woman, wild woman, strong woman, tree woman, earth woman, dear woman, real woman, true woman, Ellen of the Woman dances where the spirits play, shining in the moonlight that's brightest day. Green woman, wild woman, strong woman, tree woman, earth woman, dear woman, real woman, true woman, Helen, of the way. knows where your soul has been. Come into her green, let the healing in. Green woman, wild woman, strong woman, tree woman, earth woman, dear woman, real woman, true woman, Helen of the way. Ellen of Thank you. Uh, that was beautiful. There you, yeah.
1: There you have the Green
0: Woman's song. Yes, I love it. That that is such a beautiful sound. I love that instrument. Thank you. Yeah. her name is the Muse. <laughs>
1: okay she has she has a soul and she r- likes to write her own music
0: <laughs> well she is beautiful and she makes beautiful music uh, thank you yeah when did you start playing with with her this particular one
1: she's pre-pandemic 2017 2018 2017 i think um, I've been playing the auto harp since the mid nineties. Okay.
2: Um,
1: I had a, a, an injury that that kept my, my fingers from making a clean chord on, on a guitar. Mm. And I was introduced to the auto harp by a friend of mine who is completely blind. Oh. And, um, um, I have been in a great love affair with auto harps ever since I've got five or six now, I think.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. Well, Ginger, thank you so much for coming on and interviewing with me. I think this has been a, an incredible interview and thank you so much for sharing, um, not just your, your music, but your path, um, and how you got there. Uh, I think that that's, uh, important cause I think it helps people, uh, to realize they're not alone if they've had similar experiences
1: now that they are real yeah. and it seems it seems like more people are, are being called this way too yeah um in in the 50s 60s 70s 80s people were more called i think to to covens
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh but i run across so many people that that are solitary mm-hmm. and we get together in circles but we don't we don't have the 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 coven aspects to it and it's it's amazing the spiritual insights that that are brought out in circles like that. Yeah. And and at the same time we're able to function well with those who who are in covens and follow different
0: traditions. So. Yeah. Yeah. Very well said. Very well said. Thank you so much for being here. I'm going to put all of the uh, links up and people can find in purchase your albums on your website?
1: Yes. Uh, on my website and off a of band camp as well. Okay. Um, so. All right. I'll list. I'll, I'll send you, I'll send you the links. Okay. If you want. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That'd be great. Okie doke. Well, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you. And, uh, hopefully I can, uh, maybe interview you in the future, uh, when you get your children's book released and maybe another album. I would love that. I would love that. All right. So thank you so much, Whitney. You made it so, so easy to be interviewed. Well, thank you. Thank you. All right, friends. Until next time. Bye. Stay magical.